Hey there, hackers. Natasha from Hacker Noon here. You're listening to the Hacker Noon podcast and the first in a very special new series of podcasts featuring none other than the hackers nominated for Hacker Noon's 2020 Noonie Awards, the tech industry's greenest awards. Earlier today, I sat down via Zoom with Zoe Chu, six time Noonie nominee, regular Hacker Noon contributor, and a truly prolific product builder, marketer, writer, and personal problem solver. You are encouraged to read her work on hackernoon.com. Simply search Zoe Chu. But before you do that, listen to this interview in which we cover everything from how to build and launch products in 24 hours, when and when not to run your own life like a product launch, and Zoe's solid three-step approach to marketing yourself as a remote independent maker and or solo founder. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, and one last thing, public nominations for the Noonies close on the 13th of August at noon. That means there are only a few days left to get someone in tech or yourself the recognition and mad street cred that they deserve this year. Go to noonies.tech to add your nominations today. Welcome to the Hacker Noon podcast. I'm your host, Natasha, and I'm very excited to be here today talking to Zoe Chu. She is a six-time Noonie nominee, a prolific maker and writer. And thank you so much for being with us today, Zoe. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Natasha, for having me on the show today. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity and looking forward to uh, chat about all things product, tech, and startups we should kick it off with an interesting transition story from your career because as much as you are synonymous with product building today you started in marketing can you tell us how and why you made the transition over to the product side yeah sure um so i started my career as a solo founder as a digital marketer back in 2016 and so i was doing things like digital marketing and marketing training for small uh medium size business and uh, and local companies and also like paid ads and content marketing strategy for about like two years and then I uh, I decided that I wanted to like transition to tech and product because I was inspired by the innovation aspects of you know all this like technology companies um, building things and you know making product better to improve other people's lives so I decided to like transition my career from marketing uh, for non-tech companies to helping uh, tech companies with like product communication, user base discovery, and also like community development strategy. And how did you actually in practical terms make that transition? I mean, it's quite uh, sort of, I suppose at times overlapping skill sets, but it's still quite different. How did you prepare to change careers in that way? Yeah, so, um, so in the beginning, I realized that I didn't have any tech skills to to be able to like prepare me for that transition. So I decided to like, uh, you know, learn uh, product building skills by, you know, uh, hacking some tools that I know at a time, you know, things like WordPress, Airtable and Cart, and then start to build simple things like uh, personal website, um, job board, and also like a directory listing website for myself. And just wanted to get into the, you know, the thinking process in like building and launching product and also like uh, using design tools and no code tools. I eventually did like picked up learning how to code in Python Django because I realized that um, being able to build products if you know how to code, that just like 
uh, you know, empower you with more skill set to like develop any kinds of product that you want. And you do develop all kinds of products. It's extremely impressive. I wanted to talk about one of your most recent projects, the personal FAQ directory. I found it interesting because it's, well, you seem to have built it for much the same reason I wanted to have you on this podcast. And that's because a lot of people are reaching out to you to discover how it is that you think and how you approach product building um, because you are churning out products um, at a rate that is really quite impressive. So I wanted to ask you about that, um, about that process from ideation to solution. Um, and maybe you could take us through an example of one of the products you've recently built and how you approach that. Yeah, sure. So, um, so most of the product ideas that I uh, came up with are related to my personal needs, uh, which is uh, the problem that I want to solve for myself. Uh, something that's related to like productivity problem, how can I make uh, habit tracking more effective, easier, more accessible, and then how can I make, uh, you know, tracking my portfolio or this workflow, you know, easier and, uh, you know, faster. So all these ideas uh, came up because I want to solve my personal problems and needs. So the way that I start, the way that I, you know, plan all this product building is I start by looking at my own, you know, problems and use cases. And then I map out exactly what are possible solutions for this kind of problem that I'm facing. And then I come up with like a couple of ideas that I, you know, toy around. And then I, I look up for some UI inspirations uh, just sort of like plan the app design structure and flow before I get into the actual building. So during the actual building, I will use tools like no-code tools. And also if it requires some kind of development, then I will use some uh, development framework to build it. But I'm not a professional uh, in, in coding development, so that's going to take a bit long time. But I, I, I'm willing to spend more time to like figure things out. Yeah. And that is exactly your approach, right? Is that you, you build... Uh, micro tools to solve personal challenges or answer questions that you come across in your own daily life. I mean, examples of this are iLazy to Read, uh, which delivers five line summaries of online articles and was number one on product talents and featured on Lifehacker. As you've mentioned, you've developed a habit tracker, um, a SaaS subscription manager, personal finance tracker, a food delivery startup MVP, and, and many more. Um, and I just think that it's quite remarkable <laughs> um, to want to build so many pro products. And is there, is there a particular reason why you think building um, and releasing uh, fast and in high quantity is a better approach than maybe taking a little bit more time in between releases or um, yeah, just a, another approach to product building? Why is it that you build so many products? Yeah, um, thanks for asking that. Uh, I think back in 2019, when I decided to make the transition from like marketing to product, I, I, I created a system for myself to actually make, uh, give myself pressure to like build and launch consistently. And that's, uh, that's where the idea came out, like building and launching in 24 hours. And I, I wanted to like document my, my process in like from idea to problems to solutions and eventually building a functional product within 24 hours to solve my own problems. And then I think that's uh, the reason why I do that is because it, it creates a system for me to be like, uh, you know, disciplined in like releasing products. 
And so I don't have the time to overthink whether my idea is good enough to release to the public. The goal is like just to build it and launch it and ship it. So that's only, uh, you know, true North Star in, you know, uh, all these like personal uh, product building projects and exercises. Yeah, it also builds my confidence um, in like releasing products because I think the more you do it, the more it feels like, you know, natural to you without having to worry about what does people think, uh, you know, about a product idea. You just have to build it and, you know, put your skill to test and release to the public. You mentioned systems there, and I think that's that's a big uh, sort of circling back into, you know, people really want to understand how you think. Um, are there any go-to mental models or frameworks or first principles that you apply to your decision-making or your problem-solving in daily life, like your mottos for living? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the way I think about like problem-solving and also like uh, creating system for myself uh or like day-to-day -day operations <laughs> it's like i keep it simple um um so one of the philosophy that i come up with is like uh build and launch in 24 hours anything that you can get done and ship it within 24 hours you then you do that <laughs> if it's going to take longer then you just like expand the timeline until you're able to like uh, you know hit that goal so i think having this thinking allows allows you to like stick to your goal uh, stay on course until you actually like uh, reach the destination and not giving up, you know, halfway through a journey. The paradox of when you give yourself too much time to do something, it actually expands, right? So the amount of time allotted. So the 24 hour uh, principle is a good one. Would it, would it be fair to say that you run your life much like you run product launches? That's a good question. Um, I, I for, for other like personal projects, like, like creativity, or uh, personal health, I, I don't rush things. <laughs> so only for certain things that I feel like I uh, I will like potentially procrastinate, then I will set a deadline for like 24 hours. What are the things like family, yeah. friends, yeah. conversation, you know, meeting new people, I, I don't rush the conversations, like, you know, to, to keep everything short. But yeah, only for certain things that I feel um, I don't want to procrastinate and I would put a deadline like, you know, that 24 hours have to get it done. <laughs> and you have, you've given yourself some really impressive goals for this year and your personal website um, has in fact not only listed the goals, but you've also got a live progress tracker, which you share with the world um, with regards to what you want to achieve this year. And I think that's, that's such an interesting choice. Can you tell us about the philosophy behind publishing and live tracking your, your personal goals? So I, I started sharing my personal goals in like 2019. And then the reason why I do that, because I realize I'm a solo founder. So when you're a solo founder, you don't really have like coworkers to talk to or, uh, you know, have people around you to like, you know, motivate you uh, to like complete, you know, some, some of these uh, uh, goals in your life. So I realized one of the way for me to like create a system to keep myself accountable is to document across uh, my progress and also like share my goals publicly so that I have I have that you know public pressure to actually to actually take actions and execute towards that. And then another benefit is that I get to like reflect on how I did when I you know uh, go back to my website and reflect on my progress, you know, and how far do I still need to do in order to achieve that target. Makes sense. 
And, and staying with your with your personal websites and your approach to personal branding and marketing, as you mentioned, you are a solo founder, you're a consultant, you're a writer, speaker, maker, builder. How is it that you've managed to package or how is it that you've approached packaging your services and what you offer the world into such a nice, really, I, I, I think your personal website is the best I've ever seen. And I'd just like to understand your approach to marketing yourself. Initially, when I started this like, personal website, my goal is to like document my personal process and also keep myself accountable in like building and launching products. Um, in terms of like personal marketing and personal branding, uh, it's funny that uh, like in the beginning, I didn't think in terms of like personal branding strategy because uh, all this thing that I do is for myself to you know to make sure that I actually like take actions and execute. And so I think in terms of personal branding, um, uh, the way that I approach personal branding is that I break it down to three levels. The, the, the first one is I define my identity, which is what do I want to be recognized. Um, so in this case, it's like I wanted to be a product builder in tech and design specifically. And then the second level is like uh, I, I talk about how, why, I, why do I do it? So I the reason why I want to learn like product building is because I want to turn my product skills into like being able to like build MVPs and validate startup ideas and find product market fit and eventually find, uh, you know, being able to like take an idea to uh, take technology companies in the future. So, and then the third level that I would share about personal marketing uh, is that uh, I make sure that I back up my words with action. So things like thing that I publish on my personal uh, goals is one, uh, one way for me to like uh, back up my words with action. So things like how many products I plan to build, how many blog posts and how many uh, networking meetups calls that I want to achieve uh, this year. So in, 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 in a summary, I think personal branding is a lot like sharing your personal stories and personal experiences and also being authentic about who you are and what values you can bring to the world. I think that's um, there are many ways to build a brand, but if you're not the kind of people who can do like live stream every day to build your brand, uh, if you're an introvert, especially if you're working in tech, then I think probably you can approach with like the personal documentation, um, you know, method and also like personal sharing, uh, you know, experiences and so on. That makes a lot of sense. I think with with um, marketing today. And I think personal marketing in particular, um, there's, there's definitely been a move to a more authentic um, portrayal of yourself. I think even on Instagram, the <laughs> least um, sort of, you know, authentic, authentic channel, you, as you say, you're seeing a lot more going live. You're seeing a lot more being um, really present and really authentic um, in the public space. And that's, I think, why the personal goals um, publish, publishing is such a good idea. For for people who are stuck right now before the ideation and solution process, um, but who have a similar desire of being, you know, seen as a as a maker or or a solution driver in technology, how would you advise that they start? What what would what would be your number one step um, for somebody who's kind of wanting to to step out there into a career in product? but not, isn't quite sure where to start. Sure, uh, I think a lot of people can start from, you know, paying attention to their daily lives and actually looked into, you know, some of this like small details in their life, uh, 
that they feel like they want to improve. For example, you want to get better at organizing your tasks or your goals, you know, things like you want to get better at, uh, you know, tracking your uh, mood or, you know, understanding your emotions better. So, so all these like small little like insights and details to start pay attention. And then from there, you can like, probably think of ways to like uh, make this process and flow, you know, a lot better and easier and more accessible. I think these are some of the like, you know, thinking process that I always go through when I want to start uh, creating a new product or come up with a new idea. I always look at my personal experience. I always look at my personal, uh, you know, um, daily life, you know, things I want to improve to make it easier for me because the, the easier it gets, uh, the happier I get. <laughs> Everything is like, you know, very organized. I, I, like, I like things uh, when they are, you know, at the right place, yeah. And for the next stage, once once you've once you've sort of taken around a look around your own personal life, um, and kind of identified the problems that you want to solve and the solutions that you build, and now you've started building it, um, you kind of are out there on your own, as you discussed. Um, you know, especially for solo founders, it can be much like remote work, I suppose, staring into the abyss on your own. How do you start to form networks? How do you start to reach out to like-minded communities and, and build yourself a community around your product or solution? Yeah, um, one, one of my favorite activities is actually I'm networking with product people <laughs> on the internet, on, on LinkedIn, on like Twitter, so one of the things that I do is like content marketing. I, 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 I write a lot about like product building, you know, fast prototyping process. And I wanted to like, uh, you know, share my stories with uh, people that resonate uh, with me, which are, uh, you know, like product people and product managers and founders and also like uh, tech makers. And uh, it's interesting, like by doing like content marketing, I get to meet a lot of you know, like like-minded people who reach out to me on uh, on DM and saying that uh, you want to like uh, hop on the call and then we start you know just talking all things like products and tech and startups like what we're doing right now, and then I think also like sometimes I do like uh, reach out you know proactively on on LinkedIn or on Twitter and just to have like interesting conversation with people that I feel like can you know we can share and exchange ideas and values around the topic of product building and also like startups and entrepreneurship. And so, yeah, uh, so the way that I do like networking is through like content marketing, product building, and also like actively creating conversation on social media. Yeah. I think that's an important point. A lot of people want um, want to be, you know, career influencers or, or you know, when, VC, Twitter, or whatever, but they're not intentional about starting those conversations and creating content to start those conversations. I think that's a really interesting point about content marketing as still the ultimate way to establish credibility and, and thought leadership in any kind of space. I mean, shameless plug for Hackanoon, you know, it's, a, it's always a good idea to publish your work. And I think I read somewhere this morning, you talked about um, how your writing process is very much just writing about the th your process of building um, and people forget that you know I often have have moments of 
oh, I, I Googled something today that should be about, uh, I should write a blog post about that. Is, is that how you, is that a fair description of how you approach writing and, and what advice would you give to people um, who want to make writing a part of their daily routines? Yeah, um, I, I think like initially I had the idea of like writing, um, you know, approach content marketing uh, in a way that is, uh, that is, that doesn't like following the rules of like content marketing because people say you have to do like keyword research, you have to, um, you know, uh, do content research and then you only write things that it's trendy, uh, you know, and not actually like, uh, you know, uh, focusing on what you feel like writing. So for me, the approach for my content marketing, it's just sharing my personal stories and also documenting my process and journey. And I feel like uh, by sharing this process, I can help other people who are stuck at the moment in building products to actually gain some insights on how others have done it and they can actually like replicate it. So that's my philosophy in like approaching content marketing. So I don't really look at SEO keyword search. Uh, I don't look at, you know, the hottest, you know, content topics uh, in order to write great piece of content. As long as I feel like this piece of content is like uh, related to my personal experience and I feel like it can add values to the readers to help them get unstuck and improve their you know thinking process and be able to like build things uh, with ease you know uh, and, and being able to launch it quickly and I think that's already I've done my job. <laughs> right which which blog post has been your most successful to date? Yeah I think it's a habit tracking uh, post. I get a lot of uh, you know, uh, DMs from that post and also uh, like a lot of views and traffic for that post as well on both on Hacker Noon and on Medium and Substack and other channels. Yeah, so habit tracking is the most successful post so far. Why do you think that is? What is our global obsession with habits? I think uh, habits is like a big part of our daily life um, because people like always like, try to figure out how to be productive, how to be, uh, you know, simplify their life and, you know, be more organized with their work life and also like personal life. So I think it gets interesting when you, when you share a process and like how you approach like, tracking habit in a way that's so accessible, <laughs> that's so easy, like without, you know, buying all these like apps and, you know, tools that try to like make yourself more productive but in the end you're not like using it you know after like the first like two three weeks so yeah as as long as you can keep things simple I think it, yeah it, that that's a great value isn't it yeah. yeah it is a great principle you know the simplest solution is is often the best is there an is there another example of one of the products um that you've built where simpler was better in the end yeah, I think it's the finance tracker. Um, so like tracking finance, like, you know, doing all the budgeting and also like knowing how much is your expenses and like income per, per month. Yeah, so that's one of the like uh, Notion prototype that I built. Mm -hmm. I just want to make my, you know, uh, finance tracking more uh, organized without having to go through all the apps and tools and, you know, like spending money on all these tools that I, I don't really, you know, use it. Uh, at the end of like you know after a few weeks so yeah and uh, all of these um the, with the tracker for example um you mentioned the habit tracker being the most successful blog post and you've also mentioned that you launched these products in 24 hours does the building and 
um, launching, is that both included in the 24 hour cycle? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just a launch sort of process. Wow. So can, can you run us through that? How, how exactly do you build and launch a product in 24 hours with great success in some cases? Yeah, for example, like uh, the meal app, the, the food ordering app that I built uh, um, previously. So I actually got the idea from uh, Blue Apron and also HelloFresh. So I don't start an idea from scratch. And then there are already some, uh, you know, UI and UX inspiration that I can find on, you know, uh, all these curated websites. So I don't really start the design from scratch. So with that said, I don't have to waste a lot of time, you know, thinking, you know, playing the design, prototype the UI for this kind of app. I already have somewhere that I can take ideas and remix ideas from. So that saves a lot of time. The only thing that I think, how do you like think fast in like, you know, planning ideas to problem solution uh, in a way that you can like, execute quickly is your mental model and also like a habit when you're approaching building product. I guess like over time, the more you build products, the more you recognize some kinds of patterns, like where you will, you know, like overuse your time in building and launching. For example, it's like adding unnecessary product features. So if you, the way that you think about product building is like, I'm going to add as much features as possible, then you're going to waste a lot of time executing that. So I think like initially what are uh, important or essentials for like initial products they want to ship as an MVP is to think in terms of uh, what, what are the initial like values and offering that can help users to accomplish a task or solve their problems or improve their lives, then do that. And then once you like, if you decide to take this idea to like become a startup or company, then you will probably value some other like um, important features or important uh, offers and values. So I think in summary, like this is my approach in like uh, building quickly to become aware of what exactly are the areas that you can reduce your time. So you don't look at, uh, look into it that much. And then you spend more time into like eliminating, you know, uh, you know, just removing features and just focusing on what needs to get done. Yeah. Really stripping down to the, the bare essentials. So that, as you said, covers the product building side. Let's talk about the go-to-market side and, and how you launch and, and get the word out. What's your sort of blueprints or pattern or system for that? Yeah, so um, I usually tweet on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is my main um, marketing channel uh, so far and also on the Medium and Hackernoon and also on LinkedIn. Um, I don't do a lot of like status or like social posts uh, consistently. So the way that I approach in like marketing and launching, it's really just one piece of blog post and the newsletter, which is same content and also like a tweet. And yeah, that's uh, just keep everything simple. Um, as long as you add values to whatever they're doing, I think people resonate with it and then they will share, share it for you. Yeah, so focus on creating great content, um, valuable products, I, you know, that can help people to like, you know, spark some idea to help them to achieve uh, their product process better. I think that's the key part of what I believe in, yeah. Exactly, and, that, and that's what you do in your blog posts. I mean, the recent one, 
about the personal FAQ directory, which is just such a good response to getting a lot of questions on Twitter or LinkedIn about your process and your approach um, to house all of that in one space. First of all, well done for, you know, really scaling the process of education for people who are trying to DIY a tech career or a, you know, a product career right now. It's a really great use of time. Um, and I think if you, have that approach to teaching um, and writing and speaking, which you also do, um, it really speaks to the way that you have managed to create everything in a replic replic replicable way. So, you know, if you look at the most recent blog post about the personal FAQ directory, you've got phase one seems to be ideation and solution. Then you've got the actual building. You discover that you um, list your toolkit there. Um, it, you can see very much from your work how it's all like replicable, replicable and systematized, you know, and I think that's really a good approach to life and is that the same approach by the way that has allowed you to re read 93 books in the last year i mean how have you done that in between building all of these products and working on your business so 93 books by the way is uh you know it's achieved in like three years <laughs> so it's not uh it's, it's not it. in the year so that's like about 30 30 to 40 books per year Fine. yeah so the way that i approach reading is like um, you know, being concentrate for that for, for 30 minutes to like an hour every morning. And then really you don't like, like don't wander your mind when you're reading because I realized what makes reading slow is that when you're reading, you try to think about something else. You think about, uh, you know, my, my work, my social media notifications and thinking about what I want to do next and think about you know, what happened last night. So the more you wander, uh, the slower your reading process is and you're not as concentrate uh, you know on focusing on reading and getting it you know the knowledge from the book so um yeah just simple uh trick focus concentrate and for like 30 minutes to like an hour every day uh, but this year i start to shift my reading to doing lots of networking hopping on calls and trying to meet more uh, interesting people uh, as possible so i reduce my reading goals from like you know, 40 books per year to like uh, 25 per year. And I think that's, uh, that's a great uh, shift and that's a great improvement because, because the more I meet uh, people and learn from the experience, it's the same as like learning knowledge from books because I learn from, you know, someone who has done it before and it's the same as getting, you know, knowledge from, you know, reading. Yeah. Right. I like how a lot of your process or mental model seems to be about a process of elimination, you know, removing things that make you slow, removing distractions. Um, as you speak about now, Ling, our uh, CEO, is actually heavily recommending a book called Resisting the Attention Economy. Have you read that? I haven't read that, but I think that title sounds so interesting and anything that has to do with simplifying my workflow and process, I definitely want to look into it. Exactly, I can, yeah, yeah the same as our, our developer Storm is also a complete efficiency nuts. He loves, loves, loves anything to simplify a process and, uh, and yeah, efficiency. I think in, on, on the note of resisting the attention economy, you mentioned, you mentioned social media. Um, that is a big place that a lot of us are falling down at the moment, particularly now when the world is so crazy. Um, do you have any personal strategies for managing to avoid distractions and cut out, you know, is it, is it a case of in the early morning, you just don't allow it? Do you allow lots of times? What's your strategy? I know I struggle. 
Yeah, sure. So I have this like daily metrics that I use. It's called like on track. So, so being on track means that um, I plan out like three big goals that I want to get done for today before lunchtime. Uh, until I get to that point to like check check off the boxes of like on track, I am not allowed to use social media. <laughs> so that's. Uh, yeah, that eliminates my, uh, you know, uh, you know, distractions to like spend a lot more time on like social media. I think, I think like you need to have to have the balance to like you know building and doing the marketing and like you know engaging on the conversation. So for me, social media is a lot of distractions because there are always like cool, interesting products out there that you know that you feel like you want to check it out and try it out. So I think having this rule for myself, like set like a deadline that you have to accomplish three tasks by lunch, then you, you, you're you basically on track before you can move on to doing some other things, which is like social media or some fun stuff. Yeah. Nice. Impressively disciplined. <laughs> I, um, I think if, if I tried that rule, I don't know that I would stick to it myself. This is the problem. You know, you've got to really be, maybe if I got one of those limitation apps on my phone, it would be a good idea. I wanted to talk about your six-time Nuni nominations. You have been nominated in many categories, app and product development, product management, product design, uh, mobile app developments, I think is another category that you've been nominated in. Um, these, these contributor awards, to give you some context, were based on the reading time created, which is the North Star metric for Hackanoon. Um, so we got a robot to figure out who, who's contributed the most reading time in various um, of our top tag categories. And obviously you have contributed um, a lot in, in those various categories. Would you like to take this opportunity to share um, with people your experience of um, writing for Hackanoon and why they should vote for you in the Noonies? Yeah, so I think uh, writing on Hackanoon is, has been an amazing experience for me personally because I get to meet a lot of amazing product people who are, you know, passionate about building products and also like launching, you know, apps and, you know, startups that improve other people's life. So I think um, it's it's amazing experience to be able to be part of the tech community on Hackanoon. And so, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the experience and I hope uh, you know, more people will be able to like, uh, you know, look into like platform like Hackanoon to be able to like uh, contribute and share because it's such a great community where people are sharing the same journey and, uh, you know, experiences and also like the career path where they want to like get into product and tech. Yeah. Exactly. And I think with the Noonies, our um, intention early when we were coming up with taglines, it was like, you know, the only awards you really don't have to be um, an influencer or have 50,000 followers on Twitter to win. Um, and the whole point is kind of just to amplify the voices of um, people in the community um, and get them some recognition for, for the good work that's being done in tech this year. Have, have you, um, is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to people that you, who are building products you're excited about or fellow solo founders who are making moves in your industry or in the space that you're in? I think that's a long list of people that I, I I need to like come up with and do a shout out and one shot on you know on a blog post on social media sometime. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that 
stuff and you know on on twitter and also on, uh within my network it definitely have a long list of people that i can think of yeah i can cover with a couple of uh, people now but definitely wanted to give a shout out when there's opportunity where i can share a bit more yeah Great. Do you have a mentor? Is it something that you prioritize in a formal sense of the word? Yeah. So right now I don't really have a, a, like a, a mentor that I, you know, ask advice for, uh, you know, for like building, you know, my, my startup or my, my journey. I think um, is I, I look, I look into like my personal, you know, um, awareness, I pay a lot of attention in self-awareness as my so-called like mentor, because I think there's a lot of insights when we start, when we start to pay attention on self-awareness, you can understand yourself better. And then, you know, what is the right thing to do? What's the right thing to like prioritize for, you know, your career path. But I think like having a mentor, it's important to help you succeed. So the way that I approach my mentorship is more like conversation, networking, and friendship more more than like a you know dedicated mentor that I you know like frequently have conversations to ask advice for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's really interesting. Uh, the first part of your answer on self awareness. I'm wondering, is there any specific self awareness practices that you do daily that you can share, or how do you approach that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think like journaling is important. Uh, like my my approach uh, to like journaling is also like simplified version. <laughs> so I, I so the the way that I start my day is to look at what are the problems that I think areas that I think is like um, I want to improve, I want to face. Uh, you know, are there any like blockers that I think is you know. Uh, you know, potentially like limiting myself to, you know, go further. So a lot of, uh, you know, things that I identify are related to like mindset and also like beliefs and, you know, um, you know, like uh, your thinking models about certain things. So it's not about, uh, you know, your, your habits, you know, things that you do externally. Um, so yeah, self-awareness is like being able to understand uh, what, what is important for you right now and what do you feel like doing right now? And do you have the resources and attention to like invest all this, like your effort into like make, making things happen? So all these like kind of questions that I run through every day to like understand myself better and also, um, you know, become better at, you know, doing the right things for the right time. Great. I think that's really good advice. I also am a big fan of journaling. I'm a big believer in the only self-help book you really need is a journal. Oh, yeah. What has been your favorite book that you have read so far this year? This year, uh, I think it's Big Magic, a book about creativity that I'm rereading right now. So the book says a lot about how you approach creativity. So so why uh, some of the uh, most successful uh, projects and, you know, product idea or book idea come from your, you know, your, the inspiring moment that strike you. And then how can you access all this like create creativity and inspiration moment? So I think this has a lot to do with like product building because when you are creating product, you, uh, it's related to like how you approach, you know, creativity, how you access inspiration and yeah i like this book a lot because it helps me to like uh, understand how creativity 
you know, uh, occurs and how can you use that power to, uh, you know, add values to content marketing and product building and communication and yeah, everything into your life. That's, uh, that's Elizabeth Gilbert, right? Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I've been wanting to read that. Thanks for the recommendation. It sounds, I, I didn't, um, you know, I wouldn't have considered it a book about product building, which is so right. That's how you access creativity and inspiration is a massive part of that. Good book recommendation. And music, what's, what's your favorite uh, coding music? I know that you, that you do listen to music and are a music fan. Yeah, I listen a lot, you know, electronics, um, trans music, deep house, um, and then sometimes I hard style when I, I need to work out. <laughs> no. It's more like other types of music. Yeah, I do enjoy a lot of electronics uh, music. In fact, like before, you know, during high school and in, in university, I, I actually like produce a lot of, of electronic music for fun. And I like the idea of like uh, being able to create something using technology. You know, in this case, like using like music software to like create music. And then, you know, it's like creation, like how do you approach, you know, an idea and inspiration to like eventually building something that's shared with the world. <laughs> that overlap again. Wow. That's really cool. Is any of your stuff online? Can we still uh, listen to the stuff you were making when you were in university? Yeah, sure. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, it's also on, I think, like MixCloud. Yeah, I abandoned those accounts for a long time because nowadays it's focused on uh, tech and design, building products, solving problems. Makes sense. Makes sense. Focus is important. <laughs> Great. Okay. And finally, what are you most excited about in tech right now? Yeah, I'm really excited about the future of like uh, social networking, um, you know, in the overlap between like work life and also like uh, being able to build a life, uh, you know, using social media. So passion economy is something that uh, excites me, you know, uh, the most uh, going forward. And also like the future of work, I believe like the future will, will you know, shift to remote and distributed and there will be like more, um, you know, tools and, you know, apps ma making this like workflow and process more accessible for everyone and more productive. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually um, another good topic that you raised that's, that's, um, we haven't yet covered is the remote work. I think if we um, we were talking in our pre-chat about how Hackanoon is 100% distributed and you've been living the remote dream for, for some time as well. Um, how has been your experience um, you know, of, of the journey that is remote work and what are your strategies for staying productive, staying engaged um, when it comes to being not only a solo founder, but a, but a lone ranger in the day to day? Yeah, sure. So I work with like 12 to 15 hours time zones uh, remotely. So I'm a big fan of like combining like synchronous and asynchronous communication. So um, things like when do you schedule for uh, meetings and when do you schedule for like, uh, uh, you know, documenting and brainstorming through like Google Docs and like Notion or Slack. Um, so yeah, I think uh, 
I'm a big fan of like uh, asynchronous communication and being able to like put your thoughts on, you know, sort of like digital documentation and share with your clients and their internal team and being able to execute based on, you know, what's being shared, have everything in one place so that everyone is, you know, it's well informed on what's going on, you know, what status of the project, what, what is the progress of the execution so far. So yeah, uh, this one thing that I would, you know, like share about, you know, being able to work, uh, you know, remotely and productively is write things down, <laughs> write a lot, and then spend a little bit more time on reading and always like plan ahead or think ahead when you are, before you like drop the next email or, you know, send the next, you know, Slack message. Because that's, that's just to make everything more um, refined and your communication will flow better for everyone. Particularly with briefing, right? Being intentional, really thinking about it. Similar experiences for me and that's in that regard. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to hear your thoughts on process and creativity and how to be a prolific builder and maker and writer. Really appreciate having you with us. I'm so glad that you're involved in the Noonies. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the Hacker Noon listeners? Yeah, thanks for this opportunity. I think uh, it's been huge. And um, I think for everyone out there who wants to get into products, I think the best way to get started is to start building things for yourself and keep building and keep launching. It's an amazing journey. Thank you so much. Public nominations for the Noonies close on the 13th of August at noon. That means there are only a few days left to get someone in tech or yourself the recognition and mad street cred that they deserve this year. Go to noonies.tech to add your nomination today.